My hope is that this sermon will put you to sleep. Amen? Right? My hope is that this sermon will put you to sleep. Yeah. And now you're into it. This sermon will make you want to go to sleep. That's my hope, that this sermon will make you want to go to sleep. That, like, those of you who, during the sermon, like, your eyes kind of get droopy and you kind of fade, like, rejoice. Because tonight, tonight's about you. Tonight, those of you who in Sunday school are kind of like, oh my gosh, it's so early, and you like fade in there. Like some of you guys don't even hide it well. Like, so like, like there's, there's a student in my Sunday school class sometimes, this person will be leaned forward, and their face will literally be like this. Like their eyes will be closed. It's not Will. No, Will is the opposite. Um, but like, but literally, their eyes will be closed, and I'll be like, like I can see you. Like we're right here, and I'm watching you like, but... Tonight is for that person, and tonight is for you guys, because we're talking about sleep. I can't tell you how many times I ask somebody of any age, and I ask them, how are you doing, and what do you think the first word they say? They say, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And, and stu- it could be students. It could be adults. It could be people in school, people out of school. Everyone's looking for rest. Look, science tells us sleep takes up 30% of our lives, okay? It's a, yeah, yes, for some of you, it's more than that, which is kind of awesome. Sleep takes up, now this is why I'm doing this, because sleep takes up a third of our lives, but have you ever heard a sermon about sleep? Like, like this takes up a huge chunk of our lives, so we need to talk about it in church. Does that make sense? Like this takes up a huge chunk of our lives, so we need to talk about it. We need to, how cool would this be? How cool would this be? If like, I was like, hey guys, start meeting me um, for a small group time at a night other than Wednesday nights. Uh, maybe, Ron. We're going to do a Bible study about sleep. Like if someone wrote a study curriculum about sleep, I feel like that would be awesome. Maybe one of you guys will do that someday. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be Paul. That'd be awesome. So um, according to one study, according to one study, nearly half the country, nearly half of America qualifies as medically sleep-deprived. Half the country, 156,566,000 people. People, listen, people who work in banks, people who work cooking your food, people who work on the roads, people who work in school, people who work in the military defending our country. Some people in all these organizations, like people who handle your money, people who handle your food, some of them are not getting enough sleep. So yeah, this is a fun topic, but it's also super important when we think about it. And this is why it's a huge problem. Let's go deeper. Resting is hardwired into who you are as a person. Sleep is hardwired into who you are as a person. As a creation, that's good, Betty, I love that. She yawned. Um, (laughs) Sleep is hardwired into who you are as a person, as a creation of God. Listen, either you rest, and you guys know this, especially juniors and seniors, either you, and college kids for for sure, either you rest or or you will be forced to rest, right? Like Like do whatever you want. Have all the sleepovers you want, like stay up as late as you want for as long as you want. Eventually, your body will put you down. Does that make sense? Rest is a part of what makes you human, okay? Just like your body was designed, listen, just like your body was designed to naturally take in oxygen, your body was designed to rest. And just like when your body doesn't get enough oxygen, when your body doesn't get enough sleep, the results 
can be bad, but it's deeper than even that, because here's how it works. And you can look this up anywhere, okay? Your body has an internal clock, okay? A system that tells your brain, a system in your body that tells your brain when to release certain chemicals every day that your body needs to survive, okay? Your brain tells your body to release these chemicals that your body needs to survive. Melatonin, there's not going to be a quiz, just hang with me. Melatonin is a chemical your brain releases that makes you feel drowsy. When you get drowsy, that's melatonin. When your muscles start to relax at night and your body kind of decompresses, that's melatonin. Your heart rate slows down, it helps you go to sleep. Your body releases that. It's your body not just getting tired, your body is actively releasing melatonin every day. When does your body do this? Your body is cued to start releasing melatonin early in the evening as the sun is beginning to go down. And it continues to release melatonin, peaking at around 3 a.m. So while you're sleeping, while you're getting sleepy, your body is pumping melatonin into the rest of your bloodstream, and then it starts to taper off and ease up at about 3 a.m. After this, after 3 a.m., your brain slows down its release, and it wears off by morning. And then the sun comes up and the light triggers alerts in your brain that totally cut the melatonin off. And that's why your body wakes up. Melatonin release makes you drowsy and it coordinates with night. Okay, The melatonin release in your body coordinates with nighttime on earth. Melatonin is cut off by exposure to sunlight in the morning. In other words... Your body is connected to the environment. Does that make sense? Melatonin gets released when the sun goes down. When the sun comes up, it cuts off the melatonin release. Your body is connected to the world around you, literally. Okay? The blueprint with earth and the blueprint on your body are one and the same. Because the creator of earth and the creator of your body are one and the same. Nighttime is also when your cells in your body, when they repair themselves. Like you don't just get rest. While your body is resting, it is actively repairing itself. The brain gets exposed to chemicals during sleep that it needs to repair itself. Without these chemicals, so when you don't get enough sleep and your brain doesn't get these chemicals to repair itself, it affects your stress level, your mood, your hunger, all these things are connected to sleep. It's not just, I'm in a bad mood, or I'm extra hungry today, or I'm extra stressed today. It's connected to how much sleep you get. This is part of why exposure to cell phone screens and laptop screens late at night or right before bed or in the bed can be so damaging because the light from it triggers the, the cells in your brains just like sunlight and it cuts off the melatonin that's why you can't sleep brock can you do me a solid and just unplug the thing that would be awesome you just got to yank it from the thing maybe if you get shocked it's not okay you're the man can we thank brock for just pitching in that was awesome all right so here we go you were created by god to sleep at night all right listen you were created by god to sleep at night here we go i wrote it in bold 
So what you do at night instead of sleep shines a light on the things that we value more than God's good design. He designed us to sleep at night, so what we do at night instead of sleep shines a light on what we value more than God's good design. Now, I'm not talking about like you go to a sleepover and like you stay up late all night, right? Idolatry. No, relax. It's a sleepover. We're okay. But like, but I'm talking about if every day during the school year and summertime, long after your parents and your body have said it's time for bed, you're still up. You're still going in front of the TV, on social media. But don't take my word for it. Listen to some experts here. Who's Jeff Bezos? You guys know who this is? Jeff Bezos used to be the CEO of Amazon, right? He says this, I'm more alert. I think more clearly. I feel better all day long if I've had seven to eight hours of sleep. I feel better. Look at what he says. I'm more alert. I think more clearly. And I feel better if I've had seven to eight hours of sleep. Oh, this is so boring, Ryan. You know what's not boring? $176 billion. That's not boring. That's awesome. Jeff Bezos is worth $176.9 billion. I preached this sermon two years ago. He was worth $117 billion. He's gained like $50 billion in the last two years, okay? Eight hours of sleep a day. Now, listen, does eight hours of sleep a night get him $176 billion automatically? No. Are the two related? Yes. 100% the two are related. Does that make sense? Because how you sleep affects your mood. How you sleep affects your clarity. How you sleep affects how you interact with other people, which affects how things go. Listen, two nights in a row of getting too little sleep, two nights in a row of getting not enough sleep can reduce reaction time, attention span, and endurance by 20%. One-fifth of your body shuts down after two nights of not getting enough sleep. Like, like, think about how little sleep you get and how your body, and you're like, I mean, I'm doing okay. Like, you could literally become a new person if you added like an hour of sleep to your night. Athletes, this is the new thing right now. Athletes are hiring what's called sleep coaches. Most of you are like, well, I could do that. Like, to help them figure out ways to sleep deeper and fall asleep. LeBron James, all right, one of the sickest athletes ever. Listen, 12 hours of sleep a night. LeBron James gets 12 hours of sleep a night, especially during season. Like he's not in LA like partying after the Laker games. Like he's getting sleep 12 hours. Roger Federer, 11 to 12 hours of sleep. You guys know who the Fed man is, right? Great tennis player, amazing tennis player. Usain Bolt, 8 to 10 hours of sleep a night. Like, the, like don't listen to like me. Like these are the pros. Like 8 to 10 of sleep. Grant Hill, you don't have to know who that is, and it's sad, but that's okay. 19 seasons in the NBA, and he says this. Sleep was just as important as exercise while I was in the NBA. The dude is in the NBA. I think exercise is probably more important when you're in the NBA. And he says, no, sleep was just as important as exercise while I was in the NBA. And you see this with college kids all the time. You see college kids killing themselves in the gym to look good, right? To get ready, like spring break's coming or whatever. And they work out like crazy, but then they don't sleep, and so they're miserable, 
And since they're miserable, they associate it with the workout. And so they say, I'm not going to work out anymore. So they quit working out because they're miserable. But what if it's not the exercise that's making you miserable. It's the fact that you're not sleeping. Sleep is all over creation. It's God's good design. The reason nobody's trying to stay awake for 12 days in a row is because we're not designed to do that, right? We're trying to change something that's not meant to change. But here's the other thing. According to the National Highway and Traffic and Safety Administration, falling asleep at the wheel causes 100,000 crashes, 71,000 injuries, and 1,500 deaths a year in the United States. The Exxon Valdez oil spill, the Challenger space shuttle explosion, the Metro North train crash in New York, all under police investigation, were linked to sleep deprivation by someone on staff. And you say, well, I won't do that. Like, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm not going to blow up an oil rig. Fair enough. But remember, lack of sleep, yet, right? Lack of sleep directly affects your stress level. It affects your mood. It gives you a much shorter temper than your already short temper with mom and dad, with younger or older siblings, with your teachers or your boss. It causes you to move, listen, it causes you to move much closer to hating people, and to fix this, listen, and to fix this, what's going on in your life, you don't need to read your Bible nine hours a day. You need to do what it says and sleep more, okay? Sleeping results in higher levels of patience, more responsible action. Listen, sleep is a way of loving our neighbor, Sleeping more is a way of loving our neighbor. If it results in us treating people better, sleep is the key to loving our neighbor. Like, take a nap on Sunday, and when your parents are like, get up, what are you doing? You'd be like, whoa, mom, I'm trying to love my neighbor. Like, what are you doing? And you could say that to them. Maybe, I don't know. Don't tell them I told you to, but you can say that. But sleep is not just how we love our neighbor, okay? Sleep's not just how we love our neighbor. Sleep, listen, sleep is a way to show that you trust God. Sleep is a way, listen, look right at me. Sleep is a way we worship. Sleep is, and some of you guys are like, wow, I worship God way more than I thought I did. Yes, you do. Sleep is a way of worship because when you get rest at night or in the evening, when you get good sleep, that is such good practice for trusting God. Because here's why you're trusting Him with your problems. We were, Michael and I were just talking about this earlier. God can do more, and, I, and this, is not a, this is not like a cool thing I thought of. God can do more in a minute than you can do in a year. Fair? The God of the universe can do more in one minute than you can do in a year. So just imagine how much he can do in the seven to eight hours that you're sleeping. When we rest, we are practicing trust in God. When you sleep, you show the world that the world can survive without your help. You remind yourself that the world can survive without your help. Does that make sense? See, we work so hard all the time, never unplugging, never stopping, always doing what people ask us to do. And listen, and it looks like humility. It looks like we're so humble. Look how humble he is. He's always at the church working. Look at how humble she is. She's always working. And it's good to work hard. But listen, I think it might be the opposite of humility sometimes. 
I think it might be that we don't trust that God can still get the work done if we're not involved. We don't trust that God can still get the work done if we're not involved. So we never let go. It takes a big step of humility to trust. Or it takes a big step of humility and trust to make yourself take time to rest. It's not just practicing rest. It's deeper than that. It's practicing trust. Look at Exodus chapter 20. I think we're going to have it up here. Exodus 20, verses 10 through 11. Okay? And, and remember, rest and trust go together. Exodus 20. This is the Sabbath day. You know what I'm talking about? The day of rest. Listen to what this says. This is God talking to Israel. Okay? But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is with you at your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. One day per week they are not to work. Now listen, think about this for a second. Come out of America for a second and go back to ancient Israel before it's even established. Think about how bizarre a day without work must have sounded to them. Because here's why. There were no grocery stores, right? There were no grocery stores in the desert in ancient Egypt. When, what you eat depends on how well you hunt and how hard you work in the field. There are no construction companies in ancient Israel. Your house is done. When is your house done? When you finish building it, right? Like your roof covers your home when you're done with the roof. There is no holiday. There is no weekend. There is no day off. You can rest when you have food. You can rest when you, get, when you make the clothes. Stop working? Bro, your house is not done. A week, a day, a whole day? You have like, your house is missing a wall. What do you mean you're not supposed to work? Their very lives depended on their work. And God is saying, no, they don't. You see what I mean? Their very life, you don't, you don't get a house until you're done building the house. Their lives depended on their work. And God is saying, no, they don't. Giving the Sabbath, giving a day of no work, was God's way of showing Israel, listen, and showing the world, don't depend on your work, depend on me. You were slaves in Egypt, and you worked harder than anybody, and yet your work didn't get you out of Egypt. I did. And in the same way, your work won't ultimately take care of you. I will. Take a day off in the week to show that you trust me. And not just to show, like, prove it. Like, not to do, like, practice. Like, can we all agree that we're, that we're dumb? Are we cool? Are we all on the same page with it? Like, like, the dudes especially, like, oh, well, yeah, for sure. Like, the girls are like, mm, I don't know. But the guys are like, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, we need reminding of things, right? Like, I can tell you, get out there and worship God, and you'll be good with it for, like, 11 minutes. And then it's going to fade away. This is a weekly reminder in Israel, don't depend on your work, depend on me. 
Don't, de- don't depend on your crops. Depend on me. Don't depend on your academic accomplishment. Depend on me. Don't depend on your athletic. Like, enjoy academics. Enjoy athletics. But don't depend on them. Depend on me. That you trust in my work. That's the point of why we rest. And that's what we give up when we don't rest. We give up trust. We give up that that. that opportunity we get to practice trust, we give that up when we don't rest. Also, don't miss that Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. So their first full day on earth was the Sabbath. Their first full day on earth, Adam and Eve's first full day was spent celebrating God's finished work with God. The whole point of the Sabbath was to remember and to rely on God's finished work. I got you out of Egypt. I'm going to take care of you. The whole point of the Sabbath was to rely on God's finished work. Where does God's finished work take human form? John 19.30 says this. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Listen. The Sabbath was to show Israel that it's not about our works. Trust God. Who really shows us that it's not about our works? Jesus Christ. Jesus is what the Sabbath has been pointing to this whole time. The Sabbath is is this reminder that it's not about works to trust God. Jesus is the embodiment of that. Listen, let me close with this. When you rest... You work better. You feel better. You live better. You enjoy God more. You see God more clearly. And that's the main thing. Listen, you were built to rest because you were built to love God. And rest helps us love God more. Rest forces us to understand that we are not God. God never sleeps. We cannot be God. Rest is the ultimate reminder that you are not all-powerful. It's the ultimate reminder to you and me that we are not ultimately in control. If I stay up all night, I'm telling the world that I'm the one I trust to keep my job. I'm the one I trust to make my relationships go. I'm the one that I trust to keep my friendships alive. Ultimately, if I don't ever rest, I'm telling the world that I'm the one that I trust with my life. But if you sleep and make rest a priority, you are showing the world, I trust someone else to keep my relationships going. I trust someone else to keep my friendships going. I trust someone else with my life. You guys, and and my generation, your generation, everyone is deeply searching for rest. Matthew 28, 11, Jesus says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's that last word? Rest.